0: Are live streams a complete waste of time, or are they the hidden hack that every single church needs to be focused on? My name is Justin Kuhn, and this is the Digital Missions Podcast. Yo, Justin here, and you are listening to the Digital Missions Podcast, where our goal is to equip pastors like you with the skills needed to reach your first million people with the gospel. And here's the thing. When most churches get started in the online space, the first thing that they do is live stream their church services. And this just makes sense. But what if I told you that 99% of churches out there are missing massive opportunities because they neglect a few key steps? If you're wanting to grow your online presence from hundreds to millions, you need to listen to this episode. My guest for today is Kirk Nugent. Kirk is a former missionary in South Africa, a podcast host for the show How It All Works. Kirk is the media pastor for Oakwood University Church and a digital content specialist at the Breath of Life Television. And as you hear in today's episode, his specialty, his area of expertise is live content. This is the Digital Missions Podcast. Today we're talking about live streams. And uh, I'm excited to have this conversation because the world has fundamentally shifted. COVID has done this thing to the church space, to community, where now online is part of the reality. We have to be present online. Those who are listening to this podcast already accept that. We believe it that this is absolutely the case. And one of the kind of beginning points to online content creation oftentimes... Mm -hmm is a live stream, at least in the church space. You know, we're doing a service every every weekend. We're already there. We might as well broadcast it to people. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of want to, before we dive into the whys and the hows and strategies and things that we could upgrade in our local church setting, I want to understand why live stream for you, Kirk, because there's a million and one different ways that you could apply yourself to the concept of digital missions. Mm-hmm. And yet you've chosen a niche that not very many content creators have chosen, you've chosen live as your primary delivery model.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there are many forms of content and you, you you clearly outlined a lot of them. And there there's there's many ways for you to be able to engage people and, you know, grow an audience and all these different things. But one of the things I, I what what kind of got me into the the live show thing is i i did a podcast tour. <laughs> oh. I did a okay. podcast tour uh before the pandemic i did a podcast tour and my goal was to be on 52 podcasts in the year. In you know so 52 for for, for the full, full full year. Okay,
0: so not a tour like a band goes touring, you're on the road, but you mean like you're you're trying to actively get on other people's podcasts. That is
1: correct. That got is correct. It, I understand. And, And I was successful, uh, in getting on, you know, just, I just kept on booking, kept on booking, kept on booking. And so every, every time I got a chance to be on somebody's show, it it just kind of let me, most of the times, you know, well, it, it really helped me to formulate how to run a show, right. Gave me a lot of experience and what to do and what not to do. Many of the shows I was on, you didn't really get much by way of questions and prep and all that stuff, uh, uh. Justin does such a phenomenal job in terms of kind of outlining who's the audience is and all those different things. That stuff was not happening back in those days. Um, it was, Hey, we want you to come on our, our podcast. What do you guys talk about? We talk about this. Okay. You get on the podcast and it was, it was kind of like whatever happens, happens, which in my opinion is a pseudo live, Hmm. because when you're live, you don't get to dictate what the questions are, you can't necessarily prepare for what somebody might put in the comments. Hmm. You have to roll with the punches live. And so I began to kind of work this muscle of being able to kind of flow with these things. It wasn't until I started my own show my for myself, right at the you know beginning of the pandemic in 2020, I started my own show and I started to realize, I actually, while I have an outline and I have a plan and. I actually cannot dictate what this experience is going to look like. Like mm-hmm. there is a component of the unknown when you're live that you, you just have to plan for. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, if you get to be where I am, I, you, you may actually enjoy. And and so my colleagues, non-Christian, non-faith based, we, we all talk about this, this live component. There's this thing that happens live. And I just, I remember sitting in a, uh, in a clubhouse room one day <laughs> and, and, and it hit RIP me like a ton of clubhouse, bricks. If any of you guys remember that <laughs> hit me like a ton of bricks that um, that unknown component is actually the Holy spirit. Like we are making space in our lives. When we go live, mm-hmm. we open ourselves up to the unknown. Wow. We open ourselves up to the unexpected and I have literally I can't tell over and over again. You just see God do these phenomenal, amazing things while live, hmm. and you get done with the show. Me, I'm done with my show, and I go back and watch it. I'm just like, did that happen live? Wow! And and so I I I, I myself and several others we we came, we we come up with this this content creator py- pyramid, and we we said, look, live is at the top because you can get everything from live, right? But you can't get any of the other forms of content. None of the other forms of content can give you a live stream, Hmm. but you can get everything from a live stream. You can get your quote memes and you can get your uh, YouTube videos. You can get your shorts, your reels. You can get your audiograms. You can get a podcast. You can get everything from live, but you can't get live from any of those other pieces of content somebody said to me on one of my shows in the comments, they typed, they said, Kirk, this is phenomenal because I am here in Bangladesh watching your show. And I just saw somebody comment from Brazil watching your show. And so I blurted out without thinking about it. I said, that's because live stream is a little glimpse of omnipresence. Hmm. And one of the audience members says, make sure you put that on the T-shirt because I want to buy that. God's gift to us because we can't be everywhere at the same time. But when we're live, just think about how many people are in this zoom call right now, how many people are listening to this podcast right now and the different places that we're having, having the ability to have impact. We're doing all of that right here because of technology. I I think about the disciples I think about the church the early church and some of the, the issues and struggles that they had I mean when they got the pen and paper they went nuts mm-hmm. but we have live streaming mm. I think I would pause there <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, no, I, I love this because you are already challenging my assumptions about live stream. I, I think you and I were in the same place in Kentucky not terribly long ago. You That's might correct. have even been in the room as I started a seminar with some bold statements. It was primarily meant to, to grab someone's attention, but there was a there's a kernel of truth in the statement. And it was some version of the idea of like, if your goal is to grow your online presence, live stream is a waste of time. I said something like that and and yeah, what I yeah. mean by that is that live stream for, for as far as I understand it currently it seems to be mostly an in-house experience but you're, you're challenging me in that mm. live stream can be the place where all the other things flow from exactly. that by doing a good live stream you can actually end up with a podcast you can actually end up with YouTube sh- uh, videos you can end up with carousels and memes and all the different things and so when you craft a good live experience it can actually be the the, the way that other people find you yeah. when you start dissecting it yeah. and it's a lot more sustainable perhaps than other forms of content creation so I, i'm i'm loving that you're challenging me on that yeah. can you talk and, to me and more
1: the, and there's a, another piece i just want to add on there that yeah. when you when you do the live because there is this component of the unknown and, and you know capturing that is so critical It's like, oh my goodness, are we recording right now? Did he just say that? Did she just say that? Did that just happen? Just think about that in the faith-based space. Some of the things and experiences and the comments and the the, the worlds that are colliding while live, and you're actually recording. Hmm. You're actually, you're commemorating the moment so that others can experience that organic thing that happened when you experienced it live.
0: Hmm. you're offering a vision for live streaming that I think is going to be challenging to a lot of pastors. Because I think when most pastors think about live streams, what they really talk about is we have a church service that we happen to broadcast onto the internet. And we call this a live stream. But it seems as though that what you're offering for a live stream is entirely a different experience. And so I I, I guess... let me ask the question this way when it comes to curating a live experience how do we actually make sure that it is an experience and it's not just a passive consumption of material it's not just someone sitting on the couch or maybe they're cooking or maybe they're mowing the the lawn and they just happen to be listening to a sermon that's being preached somewhere else in the world how do we make it a true genuine experience
1: so the first thing I want to share I think this is probably the best way to start this off um live streaming is typically done on social media, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, these are social platforms where people go there as their true authentic selves. Okay. And so what, the reason why that, that is important is that live streaming and content creation as a whole is not Hollywood. Hmm. We're not, we don't tune in to watch something that's polished, especially if it's live. Mm -hmm. We tune in because we want to be a part of what's happening. We, uh, and so that experience need not be like i'm sitting on the couch getting ready to watch my favorite show for the week because it's on today. Mm-hmm. If and and i think a lot of us in the faith based space that's a that's the approach that we take to our content especially our live stream it's like people want to watch let's give them the ability to watch but nothing more. Mm-hmm. And that is the that is the that is where you miss all of the power because live streaming is about engagement. It is 5,000% about engagement. How can you engage that audience? How can you engage the people who are watching? How can you move them from a number on the screen to somebody who's typing in the comments to somebody who maybe comes into a Zoom meeting to somebody who physically shows up at your church? How do you get them to walk that, that, that whole pathway? It's about engagement. It's about drawing them deeper. It's about drawing them closer. And a lot of times we do not intentionally craft that experience. Mm -hmm. The normally I would share if I was, you know, standing on a stage and I would, I would build up this moment of saying, Hey, what's the biggest department at Amazon, but I'll just share with you that the biggest department is not research and development. It is not tech. It is not even e-commerce. The biggest, the department at Amazon is user experience Mm -hmm. UX largest department because they're curating the experience from the time you have the thought to the time you actually have the box show up at your house with that smile on it. Hmm. They're curating the entire experience. We've got to take a similar approach, not in terms of money, just intentionality around our live experience. What, what is it like to watch your live show? Have you ever sat at home and watched it? Hmm. Is it a enjoyable experience? Did you feel like you were a part of the experience? Did anybody acknowledge you other than when it was time to give? (laughs) I don't mean to step on toes, but I've watched enough live streams to know that we all look at the camera when it's time to give. Oh yeah. And and for you online, we want to make sure you get an opportunity to give um but you know we do good at giving and and sometimes we do good at the appeal as well but other than that they're just flies on the wall Hmm. watching we've got to call them to a deeper experience go ahead
0: so so what are these uh what are some of the low-hanging fruit what are some things that we can do differently uh that will create this greater sense of community this sense of engagement i'm not the fly on the wall anymore
1: so I, I want to be clear. These are things I would suggest. I want to just give this one caveat. These are things I would suggest to pastors who are intentional about growing their ministry online and have capacity within their local context to be able to do so. And the reason why I give that caveat, because there are a lot of churches, their target audience, their membership, and their ability precludes them from this, this category. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there first. But I would, I would recommend, number one, You want to be able to have some some volunteers who are in the chat, Um, similar to what you would have in your building. You wouldn't allow somebody to walk into your building and just Mm -hmm. go right in and take a seat without you giving them a bulletin, without you saying happy Sabbath, without you greeting them in some way, without without even shouting them out and saying, oh, my goodness, so and so is here. How many first time visitors do we have? Mimic that experience for your folks online. So create at, at a minimum a chat volunteer who's in there saying happy Sabbath. Hey, I see Justin Koo, this, this, I don't, I don't, I don't recognize your handle. Is this your first time with us? And if they, even if they don't respond, they will remember. Uh, I came to such and such church in the chat and I was engaged. Then you want to curate that experience even further by, by ensuring that there are specific things that you're building just for your online audience just for the online audience, where somebody can look directly at the camera and say, man, we appreciate you. And that person that's looking at the camera can see the comments and say, man, I see your prayer request. I see your, 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 your experience this week. I see what you're sharing in the chat as well. Man, we, we're so glad that you're here with us. Want to just say, man, oh, so-and-so, I see you're here again. I've seen you for the last four or five weeks. There's hmm. something about the person on screen calling the name of those who are in the chat that builds engagement kind of galvanizes them. Third thing I would, I would suggest to um, pastors, you, you've created this experience where, where people can come and, and hang out with you online. Be sure that you there, there is a, a pathway for them to actually get involved in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Now, um, what that means is if you have a chat host or moderator that you have personally put into the chat, with maybe they have the church account and they're typing, there are going to be those that are in the chat who are just regular attendees. Deputize them, hmm. deputize them. Hey, I, I've no. This is like your fifth week here, and you you're always helping me greet people in the chat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you? Can we make you a moderator? Can can we have you formally do this? I mean, it's it's all volunteer, but is that something you'd be interested in? I am telling you churches that are doing that have moderators quite literally around the world. And those moderators are die hard. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then here's a the final one. And it, it this is a, just a fun one, a more of a content creator one. Give your, give your online church, a name, give them a, give them a title. It's like, you know, give them, give them a t-shirt, you know, build in some swag, send them a, a, a giveaway, you know, to, a, the, a,
0: to the volunteers or the attendees?
1: both okay. for the attendees. You can, you can build it out in whatever way. You can have a little giveaway. Hey, let's do a quiz. What did we talk about last oh, week and blah, 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 blah. Very cool. But for your, your, your moderators, for your volunteers, yeah. Deputize them, you know, and, and, and tell them, here's the hashtag, take a selfie, post it, let people know you're part of the, the, the whatever fam. Right. I, I think those are just, we do this naturally mm-hmm. in the real, mm-hmm. but we just have to translate that experience to the online. And it's just, it helps to differentiate. It helps to elevate that experience for everybody that is online. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's kind of its own, it creates its own engine because more people want to sign up. Mm-hmm. And, and the more people you have signing up to do more things in your online space, guess what? That's going to grow that audience. Because once you create a mouthpiece in a volunteer <laughs> hey what are you doing this this saturday no 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 i can't go with you because I'm, I'm 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 a volunteer mm, i've been yeah. deputized man a i've got the t-shirt now. and everything yeah. what yeah. you've yeah. been deputized yeah 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 yeah. here's the link come on through you see what happens
0: i love it yeah. I, and it, these are things that i want to say the vast majority of churches can absolutely focus absolutely. on you, you talk about volunteers in the chat yeah. uh you talk about actually acknowledging and calling out those who are attending live uh, as well as uh, making sure that there's a next step, getting involved, deputizing yeah. them to be moderators, as well as rewarding them and oh, and goodness. incentivizing them to, to to continue to be uh, committed because what they're doing is is service to the church. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um. In the last year or so, we actually launched an online church with the ministry that I'm a part of. Love it. And it has been absolutely so much fun. But what I've learned from this experience is that the value proposition of live streaming is different than the value proposition of church. I think that in the typical church experience, most people are optimizing around the teaching. That is to say that most people, when they think about church, they think about the sermon. And that's cool, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. We need to have Mm -hmm. sermons. We want good biblical teaching. We want Christian worldviews being enforced and taught and all these different kinds of things. Like super, super valuable. What I have found that seems to make the live experience more valuable is when it becomes more of a gathering place and an exchange of an idea. And there's a certain power in the invitation to vulnerability and the mm. more perhaps more importantly the non-judgmental response to when someone is vulnerable such that it seems like internet church or online gatherings seem to be more optimized around community and not teaching that in a world where there's a hybrid church it seems as though that maybe podcasting social media online curriculum these kinds of things maybe are where teaching proper takes place right. but could it be that online live stream church could be better optimized around community. What do you think? Is is that kind of a far, like no. far fetched idea, or do you think there's a kernel of truth to that?
1: I think I think no no I absolutely believe there's a kernel of truth to that, and I think all of the suggestions that I shared lend to that premise being mm. being being accurate, and even the preamble right I I mm-hmm. I, I always like to to yeah, I said I said at the beginning live streaming is about engagement. Mm-hmm. And, and engagement is, a, is is only done in community, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the only reason why I will engage is if I feel like I'm a part of the community. And so you got to help people to feel like they're a part of. Um, there has to be uh, e- examples of vulnerability mm-hmm. and vulnerability that went well. Yeah. Uh, many of us have examples of vulnerability that, that unfortunately did not go well.
0: <laughs> just just awkward. Uh, okay, thank uh, you. Okay. On to our next so... person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think... Um, How do we do that? I I had a conversation with a uh, a pastor. One of the things that uh, they were able to implement is is to be able to bring the community together for discussion. The term I want to use is subject matter experts. Mm -hmm. So the pastor is a pastor, but maybe they don't necessarily know how to deal with Suicidal thoughts, maybe they don't know how to deal with, you know, pornography addiction. Maybe they don't know how to deal with substance abuse or abuse. And so there were themes that they were able to incorporate into their online audience, and Mm -hmm. they brought subject matter experts, plural. I want to say plural, right? Mm -hmm. There wasn't one that were there. So when vulnerability happened, there were people who understood how to handle it because here's the truth <laughs> as as vulnerable as i might think i am somebody says something that i'm not familiar with i'm gonna have a visceral response sure and so i'm not blaming us <laughs> we simply did not prepare and i think being able to set that table in a way that allows for uh, people to say okay this is a space. Look, the one guy, one gentleman said, I've never been to counseling before, but you brought a counseling, you brought a but you brought a counselor to church. And now I see that I need counseling. Hmm. So this gentleman is now going and getting counseling of his own because he was able to have an experience with a counselor that was non-judgmental, that was actually a positive experience and he had that experience at church.
0: I I think that this is definitely one of the uh, kind of hidden advantages of live stream, because in a church, you're preaching on whatever subject matter. People are having this internal dialogue. They're not aware of how other people are responding to the message. It's all just internal. And there's a certain sense in which you even whispering to your neighbor in the middle of the sermon is kind of forbidden. It's taboo. You're you're not (laughs) supposed to do it. You're going to distract everyone around you. But in the live stream, you can actually share your thoughts you can actually yeah. express kind of what you're wrestling through how you're responding to the message yeah and, and, and so what i've seen in our live streams is that people are much more fluent with their vulnerability they're so much more willing to share and this exact phenomenon is actually something that we see. Someone might be dealing with the ramifications, the struggles of whatever in a live context in a sermon, but be unable to voice it and as a result, unable to get any kind of meaningful help in response. But many times I have seen in our live streams where people are saying, you know what, I- I'm just so glad that I'm here. I've been struggling all week. Uh, you know, I've just been struggling with suicidal ideation, for example, mm-hmm. just as an example.
1: Mm-hmm. Just an example. And, yeah. yeah
0: and immediately in the chat, you get half a dozen or more people saying, no, you know, we're so glad that you're here. We're praying for you, da, da, da. Inevitably, we see a member of our community saying, hey, just want to let you know, I've been there before. And if you need mm. someone to talk to, I'm That's here. It. Here's my phone number. And connection That's of it. community member to solution immediately, rather Habits. than I just went to church. Yeah, they touched a little bit about this thing that I'm going through. And it might have even been a little bit helpful, but now what? What's the next step?
1: And I think <clears throat> I, I, I cannot um, gloss over this one point that you just shared because it is literally the secret sauce. When somebody says I was dealing with that, hmm. that's it. Cause let's be clear. I, I, as much as our pastors, our speakers, our preachers, our teachers, yes, they're upfront and they're sharing on a given topic, but that stuff pales in comparison to a testimony. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. dealt with that and this is how god brought me through hmm. let me help you yeah nothing n- i so so more of that um both on screen and in the chat and hmm. and i think you know absolutely i couldn't agree with you more live has the component has the has the bones for us to be able to build on that um and i'm, I'm not listen i'm not a. am not a, i'm not knocking in person i still feel of like course, the, the in person gathering is is critically important especially as we do life together. But um, I just feel like we have to build those other components around live, around yeah. what our live streams have been in comparison to what they could be.
0: Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so passengers are listening saying, wow, I've never thought about live streaming in this way." Up to this point, all I've been doing is have someone on the front row with an iPhone is pointing the camera in my general direction. And, you know, we're on Facebook. And so praise the Lord, we're on Facebook. But now they're thinking, you know what? There's a, there's a whole system. There's a larger opportunity that we want to tap into so kirk how do i get started where do i go What what is kind of the solution to all this what should, does that mean should i not be on on youtube anymore should i be on faith like how would you walk through someone let's say it's a small church let's call it 100 150 people who are mm-hmm. attendants mm-hmm. you know the kind of church doesn't have a massive that. budget you mm-hmm. know just tech is a challenge to this kind of a church where do we get started what is kind of the entry point Suggest these platforms this equipment. How do you get someone jump-started so that they can actually facilitate a real communal live experience as opposed to just an online show that's got terrible audio and terrible video?
1: So this is exactly my answer. Hmm. I I recognize that for some people it might be unpopular, Okay, but I I believe that you start with a podcast. Hmm. I believe that you start with uh, a live experience or a live discussion, a live show. Hmm. not necessarily showing your service like continue okay. to have worship guys continue to have worship that's meeting a need but if you want to take your ministry online it's so much easier to set up a one person studio like what I'm sitting in right now like what uh Justin is sitting in right now a one person studio that may require may require one other person to help them produce the show um and then Build those systems around it, getting SMEs on, having the different discussions, Sorry, putting out content, identifying what you want to talk about. And, and a lot of that can be, can happen by having those, doing the work internally to understand what are the stories within our faith, you know, within our faith community, within our body. What are those hmm. stories? What are those testimonies? What is God written into our stories that we can share with others in an authentic way, helping them to see like there's hope? Those are some of the the, the base things that can be done. A camera, a very simple microphone, you know, some good lighting on a sunny day. God provides half of it. And a laptop can do uh, their, listen, the latest update of Apple, of of, of Mac OS now has continuity camera. So your cell phone can, which is a really ridiculously good camera, can now be your camera. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about a huge bar in terms of entering that space. I always recommend that you grow, uh, but I never recommend that you make this massive, heavy investment to get started. I always believe so, that you want to make Someone's a, like,
0: oh, I, I don't have 50 grand. You're like, cool. No, you don't need cool. it. I don't have it you either. Don't it.
1: You don't, you, and I don't either. <laughs> you don't need so, 50 grand. You want to make the sound investment.
0: If I hear you correctly, the recommendation is maybe to shift your attention away from live streaming your service but to do a live show instead. So something that might happen maybe in the middle of the week, it's still live, still gives people the opportunity to tune into, to be a part of the chat, to be a part of the experience. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's a little bit uh, informal in its nature compared to like High Church or whatever the case is. But now you're bringing SMEs, subject matter experts, into the studio and you're actually having this live back and forth with your guest as well as your audience. Shift from live stream to a live production.
1: Live production. And with this heavy focus on the audience. And, mm-hmm. and this is where we can activate your entire faith community, you can activate mm-hmm. the entire body because they are not sitting in the pew. Mm-hmm. They're at home as well. They can tune in, they can be chat moderators, they can provide context, you can plant questions. It's okay. Plant yeah, questions.
0: That's one of the things that people don't realize you could do if you needed to. I, I mean, every evangelist knows that when they gets to Q&A time, if they didn't get Come any on. questions the night before, they're asking the Bible workers, go and write down a few questions a- ahead of time.
1: That's it. Plant <laughs> your questions. Plant a couple questions. Cool. But also make sure your faith community knows, like, get in the chat and type. When the chat is active, it brings more people. And mm-hmm. it actually makes them feel like, well, let me get, let me get a part of this chat as well. I believe personally, I mean, once you have the concept and the idea, and you, I, I always like to look at a, a base understanding of who your target audience is, what the value is that you want to provide. But once you have those pieces, you can actually get moving very quickly. These are some of the things that we're seeing churches do that live, you know, you've got the you know, Sabbath school, you've got the announcements, you're voting people in, you're voting people out. Do you really want all of that out there? Yeah. Or do you just want the one content piece that is actually what you've titled the video and, but unfortunately it's like two hours in and there are no chapter markers. So we want to make sure we are thinking of what that live experience is number one, and then what does that replay experience look like?
0: Yeah. Okay. So. Maybe walk me through it from this perspective. You have very recently joined the team at the Oakwood University Church, which, by the way, congratulations. You gave me me a little bit of insider knowledge last time we hung out. So I was waiting for the (laughs) the announcement to go public. Very excited for you. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you, sir. You're leading the charge when it comes to media and the presentation of Oakwood University Church to the online world. What Absolutely. are some of the things that you're prioritizing? What are some of the things that you're changing? And what are you making sure that you want to emphasize? What is the digital media strategy for Oakwood University Church, at least the vision that you're trying to cast?
1: Yeah, We, we want to be very intentional about what that online experience is. And we want to craft how that online experience meets real life. So what does that look like for you guys? So right now, we have people coming to church who previously have just been online members. No other experience with the Adventist faith, period. They only know Oakwood University Church. They've Somebody sent them a link. They stumbled upon it. We don't know. But now they've been visiting. They've been coming. I'm saying online. They've been attending online for years. And now they're physically coming to the building. We don't have things in place for when they come to the building. Hmm. We don't have... A row for online members. We don't have a package for online members. We don't even have, uh, you know, just, we don't have that shout out. We don't, we have no way of, of making that transition a smooth one. So we're, we're definitely going to shore up that process. This is one of the, one of the big things I'm working on in like initially, like right off the bat. We also want to make sure that we're engaging the online. We get a lot of people live watching, sometimes three, 4,000 people watching on a Sabbath to Sabbath basis. Wow. What does that online experience look like? Who's talking to those online folks? So you have this praise cafe that we do at the beginning and at the end of service, and it is directly, it's two hosts looking directly at a camera and speaking to our online audience. I got a chance to speak for prayer meeting last night. And one of the things I told my team was, I am not speaking unless I can see the chat. And Hmm. so right next to the main camera, Which is the camera that focuses right on the pulpit, there was a massive screen and the chat was on there. Nice. And so I could look at the chat and be like, hey, Justin, thank you so much for for tuning in and continue on with my message. The same thing that I would do as if I was sitting in my studio at home and I have the chat on the one side and I'm continuing to talk. I can do that in the church. We're talking about just putting in some intentional pieces. I want to say this: none of what we've done thus far has cost us any money. Hmm. It's just Setting intention and putting those intentions to action. So those are some of the low hanging fruit. Overarching, like as we go into the future, what are some of the things that we would love to see happen? We 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 want to call our online audience to deeper faith and accountability. We want to create spaces online where we can do life together, where the community meetings get some of the same things that we would have happen if we were physically in in person. We want to create spaces for them to be able to do that online as well. So not just for the worship experience on a Sabbath to Sabbath basis, or even on Wednesday night, we want to have spaces for them to do small groups um, and for them to lead them. We want to have spaces for uh, folks to just have a, a quick meetup, maybe, maybe even a social event. We want to have spaces for people to actually do life together as church members, as brothers and sisters in faith and for them to share f- vulnerably uh, but also to just laugh and talk together. I mean that life is not always about getting fixed. Um life can just sometimes just be us talking and and laughing and 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 commiserating together. Talking about the news, you know, talking about kids growing up and some of the crazy things that they do, just doing life together. And we want to create spaces intentional spaces, carved out spaces where that can happen. So that even if somebody has n- will never, will never come to Huntsville, Alabama, they can feel like they're part of the community.
0: I, I want to pick your brain about the future of the church. This is a question I'm kind of trying to, to build into every guest that we bring on because here you are. You're you're playing in the sandbox as it were. You're you're testing things out. You've got working theories and I'm sure a year from now they'll be more refined and a little bit more developed. Talk to me about what you're seeing as what church will be like 25 years from now.
1: Oh my. Some of this stuff is very unpopular.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Okay. But I will say I think I think there's and I don't know that it's even 25 years into the future. I think it's it may even be Shorter than that. Some of the challenges that present themselves already is, okay, lady is from Miami, Florida, and wants to, to be baptized at uh, Oakwood Church in Huntsville, Alabama.
0: Hmm. Real, uh, where, real story. Real story. This is real.
1: Where does she, where does her membership reside? Some of the questions that I get from colleagues around Huntsville, like around this particular city, hey, Kirk, there's seven Adventist churches across two different conferences in this one city. Hmm. What is your relationship to one another? Hmm. Now, this is a, a question that somebody who's not a Ventus asks me, and, and so I'm posing it to you. What's what, a great what, are, what is the relationship?
0: Yeah, because of... if we peel back the layers a little bit, the reality is, in, in, maybe not in Alabama, but in, in other parts of, we'll, we'll just say nondescript parts of the, of the world where there are overlaps, <laughs> there's not always a working relationship. There's not always the cordiality and the collaborative spirit. Sometimes yeah. it's very territorial
1: Yeah, that question begs to be answered, especially when somebody who's not of our faith tradition says, with the amount of manpower you guys have in this one little city, you could take the city for Christ if you were working together. So this is a very real challenge that we have to Mm -hmm. face. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you add into this, the component of online and how it has flattened and democratized access. So now we have to answer some very difficult questions. Do we have multiple online worship experiences or do we funnel all of our effort and energy into maybe 10 really good ones Hmm. that meet specific niches and specific needs? I don't, I'm not, I'm just suggesting I'm saying as we look at the church of the future, I don't know. I I think that that will become more of an issue. I talked to a colleague in Gulf States Conference who's headquartered just a couple hours south of me, in Montgomery, Alabama. They have churches, smaller churches that have closed. And so the conference has opened a online church. And so those members will now worship with the conference online church. I think these will all will have impact on what we see this church of the future looking like. And and if I was to kind of just you know, venture uh, uh, a guess as to to what 25 down the 25 years down the line looks like. I think we just have Adventists um, as opposed to I am a member of Oakwood Church.
0: Hmm. I mm-hmm. am a
1: member of First Church. I'm a member of Central, Ch- you know, Huntsville Church or Madison Mission or All Nations. I'm Seventh day Adventist. My children are a part of this program over at this location because they focus on children at that location. Hmm. And my discipleship piece that I do is that we're at this location because at that location, they focus on discipleship and uh, where we have our worship experience is at this location. It's where the preaching pastor is. And again, this, this could be absolutely incorrect, but I see that these artificial walls that we have up now because of, again, the flattening of the world with technology and internet and media, I, I, we have to really ask ourselves, where, where do we go for that? I mean,
0: it's a challenge because oftentimes, maybe subconsciously, I, I'm sure it's not an intentional thing, but I think the reason why there's maybe a hesitation towards this collaborative spirit is because mm. there's a certain sense in which we really believe that there's, an, there, there's a it's a zero sum game. Like mm-hmm. if I, if you win, I lose.
1: That's the thing.
0: As opposed to we win, the kingdom <clears throat> of God wins, like this is for his glory. Yes, and I think it does require a level of humility. It requires a level of other-centeredness mm. in order for us to get to that space.
1: The yeah. gentleman that asked yeah. me that original question is—is uh, is this somebody who belongs to a, a non-denominational church? And he's just kind of like, you know, we've we've stuck our flag in the ground here, and it's kind of it. Yeah, but I look yeah. at you guys, I'm like, oh man, what would it be like to belong to this, you know, interconnected thing? They've got all these churches around the city. They've got all these sites that they can do ministry from. And if they, are they working together? Like what's the working relationship between all of these locations?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing, rather than ask you to give a word of advice to pastors who are listening to this, uh, administrators who are listening to this, I actually want to ask you to ask them a question. If there was something that you could grab someone's attention for and for the next couple of minutes, they're actually thinking about this question as it pertains to the future of the church, as it pertains to what we do live and online and digital, as well as in person. Is is there a question that you think uh, not enough people are spending their time reflecting on?
1: What is in your story that you can use to share with somebody else? What is in your story? And it may sound like a simple question. But it requires you to really look at the trajectory of your life, a story that God has been writing since before you were born, and recognize that there are moments of importance, there are moments of significance, there are life lessons that you've learned, their experiences, both good and bad, that the world could learn from if we were to be aware of them. Number one, If we could be vulnerable enough to share them, number two, and give people the lessons we learned, if we learned lessons from them, what is your story? That would be my question to anyone pastor or not. Mm -hmm. Have you actually taken time to reflect on what exactly is my story?
0: I like that. Uh, I think that that's a good question. We've been having conversations in the Digital Missionary Academy about Mm. trying to get clarity and uh, a little bit of uh, just direction when it comes Mm. to purpose, when it comes to your niche, when it comes to your mission. What are you actually trying to do online? Cool. We want to reach people for Jesus. That's kind of like the general catch-all. But like in what way am I uniquely equipped to be able to do so? And... I think that a reflection on what has God done in my life, mm-hmm. what has he brought me through yeah. is, is oftentimes a, a light that's shined on perhaps the kind of person that God's inviting you to reach out to and to serve.
1: I could not agree with you more. And that is the recipe I use even with coaching clients uh, regardless of what their faith, you know, background is what's in your story. Yeah. You will find in your story, the type of people that you can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, I think that's
0: good. I think that's good. We
1: overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. That's and right. Our testimony is our story. Uh, yeah. I have resolved that God is responsible for the outcomes and I am to steward the story.
0: I love that. I yeah. love that. Here's the thing that I love so much about this episode. Kirk challenged my assumptions about live content and really has me thinking about how to implement some of these strategies in my live Bible studies and for internet church. In fact, I'm going to be sharing this episode with my team so that we can all be on the same page and brainstorm what it looks like to upgrade our live experience, and I want to encourage you to do the same. This episode just goes to show how much room there is to explore and learn in this online ministry world. And to that note, if you'd like to, Take our free social media masterclass, courtesy of our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community. You can get it with a click of a button. All you need to do is email me at hello at digitalmissionspodcast, and we'll get you started today.